And we are live with the All Gas No Break Sports Show. I am one of your co-hosts, Nicholas Pavona, joined alongside by Andrew Johnson. And Andrew, the college football season unfortunately has come to an end. A national champion has been determined. And the only thing I can say good about last night's game was it looks like we have a new powerhouse in college football. Would you really call it new powerhouse, though? I know they're relatively new. They're not your traditional powerhouse over the last twenty years. But let's not act like Georgia is not a story. Well, they've—I they've, mean, they've—they've—they've they've always been a you know a prestigious program. But since Kirby Smart has gotten there, they've taken the next step. They have taken that step to finally being that like number two team, or now even you could say number one team next to Alabama. So you know what I hope doesn't happen. You have to hope that the same thing that happened or was happening with Georgia happened with Clemson a couple of years ago. It looked like Clemson was emerging to be that number one, number two next to Alabama. And now it seems like they've taken a step back. So we hope Georgia's here to stay. Yeah, listen, you always want to see a lot of competition when it comes to college football. And that's why the sport is so good. And that's why when you went into this game last night, you were hoping for a nice, fun, competitive, you know, high action type game but you didn't get that in this game this was just bowling shoe ugly it would have been competitive okay did you know that if you count the georgia's touchdowns as one point each they still would have beaten tcu yeah that's so it was competitive if you gave him a seven to one points ratio that then it would have been a nice competitive game you know but uh unfortunately for tcu uh, that wasn't the case yeah, I mean, and let's get into the game. I mean, TCU playing Georgia for the national championship last night. A, you know, big-time game. TCU going in as a heavy underdog. And, you know, a lot of people discrediting this team. And you have to give, you know, this team credit throughout the entire season. They've been a true underdog all year. They were a heavy underdog against Michigan going into the semifinal game. They proved everyone wrong in that game. Trying to do the same thing in this one against Georgia. But you could just tell, Andrew, right off the gate, they couldn't get anything going offensively when it came to facing this Georgia defense, by far the best defense they've played all season. And then their defense playing this Georgia offense, they could not stop a single thing for this Georgia team. I mean, they just looked like a well-oiled machine when it came down to it on offense. Stetson Bennett, I mean, you got to give him props. Grayson, you know, high praise him earlier on the season, and rightfully so. He had a monster game in this one, 304 yards passing, four touchdowns. Also ran in for two touchdowns as well. Got some big time receiving from Brock Bowers, his tight end, and Ladd McConkey. And TCU, like I said, they just didn't have an answer on both the offensive and defensive side of the ball. And it is a big reason why they got out, you know, they got very far behind in this game and they were never able to come back. And they lose by far the biggest blowout in national championship game history, 65 to 7. The final in this game, Georgia alone beats the over with how badly they just annihilate TCU in this one. And for the Horn Frogs, the Cinderella story finally comes to an end. And they'll have to look forward to next season and see what happens. So this is the largest this is the largest margin of victory in a bowl game in college football history. The only larger margin of victory over a top five opponent came in 1944 when number one Army, yes, Army was ranked number one in 1944. Makes a lot of sense. Defeated number yeah. five Notre Dame 59 0. So yes, Hicks, even in 1944, Notre Dame was getting blown out 59 0. 
uh, <laughs> I know you're trying. I know, I know, I know where you're going with that. But any, anyway, I mean, you could just see it from TCU. They just nothing went right for them. Max Duggan, their superstar all season, 152 yards passing, two interceptions, did not have a touchdown in this game. Only touchdown he had was on the running game. But Johnson, if you see the rushing stats for TCU, they were very, very bad. Duggan had the only touchdown of this game running. That was in the first quarter. And Duggan for the game finished with negative 38 yards rushing. I mean. Yeah, I, I, I Remember, I texted you in early in the first uh, first quarter. I said, after Georgia got the second touchdown, I said, this game's over. I, want, I, I don't care what happens because I knew Georgia was going to keep scoring. I don't If TCU kept on scoring, they weren't going to come back from two a two-touchdown deficit that early in the game. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with you. I think my turning point for this game was was this. So Georgia had the ball about eight minutes left in the first half. They were up 17-7, to and they had a third and long in TCU territory. And I was talking to our other co-host, who is not here with us today, Grayson, and I said to him, I said, if Georgia stops, if Georgia cannot get a first down on this play and TCU stops them, there's still a lot of time in this game for TCU to, you know, make some noise and make it a one-possession game before halftime. Once Georgia converted that third down and long, I said to him, that's the game right there. They've lost all the momentum. You had a chance right there to stop them and get some type of momentum for that offense. That didn't happen. And it led to Georgia getting a touchdown with Setson Bennett and going up 24-7. That, for me, was the turning point in that game. And TCU, they just had no fight in them, it looked like, offensively and defensively. For a team that's been, like we said, a Cinderella team all season. They've had so many things go against them, and they fought and you know persevered through all of it just to get to this point in the season. And unfortunately for them, they just met, and this is a full quote-unquote pun, but they met a bigger dog in them in Georgia. They just had no chance to beat a team that's coming off a national championship season last year, and they showed it in this game why they are the defending national champions as they finish the season 15-0. Well, Georgia had nine touchdowns. Uh, well, the story of the game was Georgia had nine touchdowns and TCU had nine first downs. Yeah. That's the story of the game. Uh, at the end, you, you're not going to win any football game to get nine first downs. But I can't believe the difference on the ground for Georgia compared to TCU. Like you said, Max Duggan had a terrible day. He still good. I think he'll still get drafted if he. Uh, he'll definitely get some consideration just because of how good his season was. And listen. No one is going to fault them for facing the Georgia defense. The Georgia, defense. The Georgia defense is going to have a multitude of players going in the first round. Potentially, they might have the number one overall draft pick in this upcoming draft with Jalen Carter. Still think, I, I still think it would be uh, Will Anderson out of Alabama. But I, yes, he, I tend he, to agree with you. I think, it's, I think you can go either way with both of them. I think they're just both that good. But, yeah, Duggan, they, just, they had no running game whatsoever. They had 36 yards total as a team for rushing Georgia. 254 yards rushing. I mean, you're not going to win a game when the rushing total is plus 200 for Georgia. That is an astonishing mark on the stat sheet. And unfortunately for the Horned Frogs, it just proves why the SEC right now is the top-tier conference in all of college football. And for TCU, listen, this is not a you know a downtime for them. This is a time for you know first-year head coach Sonny Dykes to prove to them, hey, listen, we've gone this far. No one expected us to get here in year one of you know this new regime. We could keep getting back to the college football playoff 
for years to come. We just need to find that, you know, quote unquote, couple pieces to get back to this stage. Do I think it will happen? I don't know because recruiting, especially in the state of Texas, is very, very hard. So it's going to be well, really interesting to see how Sonny Dykes handles this in the next couple of years. It's hard in the state of Texas because of, not because of the lack of talent. Texas probably has the most talented football athletes in the entire country. I would say, yeah, I'd say either that or Florida. That's got to be one of the two. Yeah, well, that or Florida. I think, I th- I, I think we've had this conversation earlier in the season, but I think it's still the same thing. It's it's Florida or Texas. You're choosing one of the, one of the two. So it's not the lack of talent. It's, it's just that you're competing, you're competing against Baylor. Uh, obviously, it's TCU. It's Baylor. It's teams like A&M and Texas. Even Texas the Tech. Um, you got Oklahoma. Oklahoma still. Louis, uh, you got the Louisiana teams, too. LSU competing with them. Alabama sometimes, in, too. Even, in, even teams like UTSA. That's starting to emerge. University of Houston is going to the Big 12. That's true also. You have these, even these mid-major teams starting to emerge right now. So you really can't mess around with this. I mean, it, they, this was a uh, this is a really good thing for TCU. It shows teams in Texas that they're putting a legitimate effort into this program. You know, it, they didn't get the championship in the Big Twelve or the national championship, but this is still a very great season for TCU, and they can build off this. Now, the biggest losers of this. Or the University of Texas and the University of Oklahoma. I knew you were going to go there. No, because let's be real. They're going to the SEC, and they can't even beat TCU, That's who just true. got absolutely mollywopped Well, to Georgia. be fair, Texas did beat TCU, in all fairness. Right. Yeah. Every dog has to but that, that Yeah, right. Like we say, any any given Saturday or Sunday. That's fair. At, I mean, the, end, at the end of the day, Nick, yeah. do you really think Oklahoma – is going to go to the SEC after the Big 12. and I got to love with you. I, I, I think they're going to get three or four wins a year, if I, I'm going to be honest with you. If Oklahoma Oklahoma had a really – I mean, listen, they made a bowl game this season, but they lost. They were I mean, mad. They, they had a really bad year. They remember, they started off in the top 10 going into the yeah. season. And they, finished, A&M. and they finished unranked. Um, They lost their bowl game to Florida State. And they're in a state of uncertainty right now. And if they don't, you know, start recruiting very heavily these next couple of years, you're. I think you're not wrong. I think they're going to be really struggling in the SEC. And remember, look at some of the teams that have left the Big Twelve for the SEC. Missouri did that. They haven't been doing that great in the SEC. They had that one SEC championship game, and ever since then, they've just been kind of a mid-pack team, but lower-tier team in the SEC. So for a team like Oklahoma, they need to try to avoid that. I think for Texas, I think they're still in a decent spot just because they've been recruiting very well these last couple of seasons. Am I saying they're going to win an SEC championship anytime soon? Absolutely not. As long as Georgia and Alabama are still constructed the way they are, they, those two teams are the key to the SEC reigning supreme over the rest of college football. So I will say this about Texas, and Texas is this is an interesting one. Texas is going to be extremely boom or bust, and this is my logic behind it. Texas has a generational quarterback in Arch Manning coming in. Correct. So if Arch Manning pans out, so he's probably going to take over the reins as a sophomore. Yes? Yeah. Either that or they're going to redshirt him as a freshman, either a redshirt freshman he's, or a I would imagine he probably gets redshirted just because Texas has a decent quarterback right now, Quinn Ewers. I think he's good enough to still get Texas some big-time I think wins. He's gonna pu- I think he's going to push – Quinn in uh, in training camp, but ultimately Quinn's gonna get the starting job and they're gonna redshirt him. 
So as a redshirt freshman, you're going to have Arch Manning, right? And I think that should be the first year of Texas in SEC play, right? They're moving in 2024, I believe. So the same so, year right. that the college football playoff expands is the first so, year Texas and Oklahoma. Not this season, the next season. I pretty I could be completely wrong. I'm pretty sure that is the that is the year. Great. So that'll be the first year of Texas in the SEC. A lot of kids are going to line up to play with Arch Manning, right? And hey, I'm going to the S- Texas is going to the SEC anyway. That's who I want to play. That's where the money is. That's where the competition is. That's where the NFL players go. Makes sense, right? Yeah. So kids line up to play with Arch Manning. If Arch Manning lives up to his expectations, he doesn't have to exceed them. He just has to live up to his expectations. He could catapult Texas into a top five program nationally. However, if he flounders in the SEC, Texas is going straight down with him. He has so to, this is going to be a boom or bust for Texas these next two years. He has to avoid type of like the Spencer Rattler type of thing where yes. Spencer Rattler was a highly touted quarterback going into Oklahoma, and he just fell out flat. Credit to him now. He's doing some great things at South Carolina. But one, when he got to Oklahoma, they were saying Heisman First Trophy. Pick. Exactly. Heisman Trophy. Number one overall draft pick in the NFL you know, a guy that's going to lead Oklahoma to national championships. And he just was not that guy. And he got replaced by Caleb Williams. Now he's at South Carolina. He's doing great things. So if you're Arch Manning, I agree with you. If he's going to get Texas to that point, he needs to live up to the hype. I personally think he will. That's definitely biased for me just because I am an Eli fan. So I'm going to, you know, appreciate all the Mannings and, you know, here's, whatnot, here's but, my logic behind him. Yeah. I think someone like Spencer Rattler, nothing against him, but he, he was putting a, he was put a lot of pressure on him. Like there was yeah. a lot of pressure put on him, and that's really unfair. It's unfair to for any uh, student athlete or any kid to get this kind of pressure put on from an entire community, entire school, entire city. But with Arch Manning, yes, he's going to have the same type of pressure, but he's going to have. I think Eli he's going to he's gonna have way he's more have, pressure. He's got more pressure, but he's going to have. Hey, Eli, how'd you do this? Or how Peyton, how'd you do this? Or his grand, he's going to ask his grandfather how he dealt with this kind of pressure. Yeah. So he's gonna have all these people around him. He'll have access to the best people around him. People, his uncles that did it at the highest, highest levels when the most pressure in the world was on him. Number, you're, you're talking number one overall picks. You're talking Hall of Fame quarterbacks. There's teams right now already right waiting to tank for him. Yeah. So like, if there's anyone who's gonna be who was built for this moment, it's gonna be him. Yeah, I I, I absolutely agree. Listen, there there's a lot of pressure on him to get them back to, you know, relevancy. They haven't been a national championship contender since Colt McCoy was there. So it has been a very long time for them to, you know, get back into that national championship status. I think he has that opportunity. It's going to be down to who Texas recruits, especially when they move to the SEC, because right now with the way Georgia played TCU in that national championship game, it doesn't look like anyone other than the SEC is going to be winning national championships for years to come. No, I agree with you, and it's going to be really interesting to see how this develops. And uh, like I said, Texas is going to be boomer bust on the shoulders of Arch Manning. It's going to be on the shoulders of a 20-year-old, pretty much. Yeah. Which is going to be insane. I know there's a lot of Texas alumni out there. Uh, some names come to mind, like Matthew McConaughey, or who I know is a big Longhorn fan, or Mark Calloway, most famously known as The Undertaker, is a huge Texas <laughs> Longhorn fan. So I know he these is. guys going to want to see their Texas Longhorns really take off. Yeah, I mean, listen, there's a chance for them to even take off next season because if you look at, you know, the top 25 polls for the way too early, top 25 polls as ESPN, you know, pointed them out, 
Texas is going to be one of those teams that's going to be very interesting going into next season. But if you look at those the poll shots, I mean, other than Georgia being number one, which is really not a shocker to me, I'm trying to figure out what really is the biggest you know takeaway from looking at the top ten. You have Georgia at number one, Ohio State number two, Michigan three, Florida State number four. That's an interesting one to me. I think we'll have to see how Mike Norville does in his third year. Alabama number five, Penn State six, USC seven, LSU eight, Oregon nine, and Tennessee ten. When you listen, you know, look at that poll and listen to it. Is there really anything that really stands out to you? And like, who do you think? Oregon at nine. You think Oregon at nine? To, and they don't deserve to be there. Bo Nix is leaving, isn't he? Um, he. I don't. He's probably get dra- if he wants not, to go. He his, is, his, he's coming back. He is coming. He back. He's coming back. Really, I thought he wouldn't. So he, I thought he'd be a lock for like the third round. So here's the issue. So he is coming back. The problem for him is that he's losing four starting offensive linemen. That's, that's that insane. is going to be a problem. Yeah, I knew they were losing. I I thought they were losing him. I knew they were losing a lot. Oh man, that's you're you're going to ask him to play for an entire offensive line unless these guys are really really good. I I don't see him having the same success. I mean, yeah, he had a really great season at Oregon this year. Really bounced back after some tough years at Auburn, and I think Oregon definitely will be a team to contend with in the Pac-12. Um, for me, I mean, I, I it's tough because you can't really you have to see what these teams are going to look at going into training camp. But obviously, there's going to be a lot of new changes at quarterback for some of these teams. Georgia will have a new quarterback. Ohio State will have a new quarterback. Um, Alabama will have a new quarterback. The one team that's not going to have a new quarterback that's in the top of that list is Michigan. They still have J.J. McCarthy coming back next season. I think if everything goes right for them this offseason, and which so far it has, because Blake Corum's already announced that he's coming back for the next season, Michigan, I think, barring any you know collapses that they've had the last couple of years, they could be a really big threat to winning the national championship next year. I could also see Denver offering Jim the job and him leaving. That's uh, I, I said to Grayson, I talked about this, I said the only team I think Jim Harbaugh will leave for is the, the Colts, because he used to play for them, so he has history with them. But Denver is also a possibility just because of the money. Michigan obviously needs to resign back Harbaugh because right now he is a, I believe his contract has expired. So I think for Michigan to stay in that national championship consideration, they've got to pay Harbaugh a lot of money. Because so here's, you know, what would be the most ironic thing about him leaving to go to uh, to go to um, Denverville. But you think about all those iconic 49ers Seahawks game when they was fa- facing off Russell Wilson, he'd be coaching Russell Wilson now. Well, I don't think he has any beef with Russell Wilson. But it's just a layer of irony. Yeah, I mean, Jim Jim Harbaugh has always been about trying to control his team. He wants creative control with his team. That's what led him out from San Francisco, and that's why he became a college coach. So if he was going to go to the NFL, you have to know that these NFL teams are going to be saying to him, "I we know your previous history with wanting control. Are you still that same way? Which is most likely. So I don't know if I see him leaving. I Pretty much, I, I would, I would guarantee you, I probably see him going back to Michigan. I don't see him leaving right now. I think he still has a really good thing going with them. Uh, yeah, I would say I would tend to agree with that. Uh, but he is the big question mark. I'm gonna say he's probably about seventy percent likely to go back to Michigan, but I still feel like he wants. He has. Uh, it's so hard with him because he has so much to prove. It's still in both college and the NFL, so it depends on what route he wants to take. If I'm him and the only job that's going to offer me is uh, is Denver, 
I don't know. Like I think it all comes down want, to do, him getting want to take it over. Like does he think does he think that uh Denver's roster as constructed is good enough to win a, a Super Bowl, which is the answer is no. No, but you could I, be it could Michigan, be a, as constructed is good enough to win a national championship. So why would I leave that on the table? It could be a Jaguar situation. It could have just been the head coach. Not saying that they're gonna win a Super Bowl, but they could make a a nice turnaround the next season. We 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 obviously we'll talk about yeah, the NFL. Playoffs I know what you, I know what you mean, but I think at this point in his career, he wants to win a championship, whether it be at the collegiate level or the uh, or the NFL or the professional level. I yeah. I I hundred percent agree with you. I think it's all about for him. It's winning that, a championship for sure. But he like I said, he wants that. He wants to be the man. Re like the main reason that they win it. That that being, he wants to make the decisions in the front office. He wants to, you know, he wants to be Bill Belichick. Exactly. He wants to make the decisions on who to take in the draft, who to sign. He he. That's all he has ever wanted. He never got that in San Francisco. So for him to do to leave Michigan, one of those teams is going to have to offer them. There's a couple of teams right now with job listings in the NFL. So there's a possibility Jim Harbaugh could leave, but I think I tend to agree where it's a seventy to thirty him going back to Michigan is most likely going to happen. Yeah. I mean, I think at the end of the day, he'll come back to Michigan and when all said and done, I think Michigan will have another top five season. I do want to kind of uh, say one last thing before we do finish. I don't see the uh, big 12 getting into any more national championships after this kind of debacle. I think the, the committee is really going to hold it against them. Uh is Alabama so? Here's the question: Now, is Alabama better than TCU at the end of the year? I think we, I think everyone knew that, though. I think ever there's there's not a person in America that will tell you. I mean, I already T- did, TCU so. is better. I mean, uh, that, to, as, to be fair, if you if you look at the like, I take Georgia, Georgia and Emma, after they beat Kansas State, I still take uh, Michigan, even though they beat Michigan. Uh, yeah, I think Michigan just got off to a really crappy day. I mean, we've said this all year that that JJ McCarthy towards the end of uh, made some really boneheaded decisions towards the there end. Were some questionable of, uh, calls in that game games. too. We talked about that already, but yeah, so he meets, but he did that all year. But he'll get he'll he has the off season. He'll prepare. He'll he'll watch film, and he won't try to make those mistakes next year. So with him back and Blake Corum back, I. Really big future there, but I think, uh, yeah, I think going into the next year, I would say uh, Michigan's a team to watch. I would say Georgia's obviously a team to watch. I would actually take a look at Clemson, too. I would take a look at Clemson again. Even though they had this whole quarterback controversy, I would look at Clemson. Yeah, Kay Clubbing, that one, it's going to have the full reign this season, so definitely look at it, look towards him. And no, no offense to the previous quarterback. If he's a competent quarterback, Clemson's going to roll through the ACC. No offense, Nick. No, there's no offense. Uh, I'm not. I don't expect anything out of my team. I want to see Florida post Anthony Richardson. I don't think they're going to be any good. Yeah, I'm not too confident that's, in Florida that's, either. That's the interesting one. I, I, I'm going to feel like they're going to have a really big. Uh, they might regress a lot this year. Maybe go win four games, five games. Yeah, tops. I'm going to get a five win season for Florida unless they recruit really heavily. I, I don't know. And Colorado is another team I want to see. I want to see what Deion Sanders is going to do. They have we, he's, they're not in the top ten, but I think they have him at twenty one right now. So that's one thing I do want to take a look at as well for teams outside the top twenty five. Yeah, I mean Colorado will definitely be the team of the you know the off season. Everyone's going to be looking forward to seeing what Deion Sanders has to do and what he's going to bring to this team because there's definitely some exciting times to come for this you know for that program. 
But for college football as alone, I mean, there's a lot of exciting times. Obviously, we're getting closer and closer to the college football playoff expanding. So it'll bring a lot more interesting matchups when it comes down to who will play for the national championship. Hopefully, we get a lot more better championship games than this one we had this past Monday. But at the end of the day, Georgia, congratulations to them on a fantastic season. 15-0, SEC champions, and back-to-back national champions. They knock off the TCU uh, Horn Frogs. But again, congratulations to TCU as well. Nothing to be ashamed of, but another incredible year for them. Sonny Dyke's first year head coach gets them to the national championship game and at a game that they were not expected to be there for. Almost, you know, pulled off an upset to start off the game, but once the game once the game got to halftime, it was already over. So nothing to be ashamed of for the Horn Frogs. Let's see how they do in the next couple of years in the Big 12. But for now, Georgia is the king of the national world of college football. And we'll have to see if they can make it a three-peat next season. But that is going to do it for the All Gas No Break Sports Show. Uh, unbelievable season in college football, to say the least. What will next season you know, provide us? We'll have to wait and see. Only time will tell. But once again, congratulations to Georgia on their back-to-back national championships. Once again, this is Nicholas Bavona, joined alongside by Andrew Johnson with the All Gas No Break Sports Show. Make sure to tune on in to our next part of our conversation as we dive into the final week of the NFL regular season and finally get into the NFL postseason.